Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to the House of David Ministries. I am your Pastor Keith Allen. I'm Pastor Summer Allen. And this week's Bible study will be on the first four chapters of Proverbs. So Proverbs chapters 1 through 4, we'll be discussing pretty much our way of, and our mentality, our character, okay, of this walk with Christ, all right? So I hope everyone got a chance to read it. Um, I know I spoke on a, a little bit of it last week um, when Sister Kathy, Kathy was giving her, um, her lesson on fear. So without further ado, let's, let's get started again. I won't be reading the full verse of chapters, so everyone knows that I kind of jump around here. So just, you know, just hold on and uh, go with the flow, please. And uh, also, if you have a comment, um, we're, we're pretty open floor, so if you have a, a comment that you want to add in, you can jump in as well. All right. So what are Proverbs? Proverbs again, as I said last week when we discussed it. Chapter 1, verses 2 through 6, tells you what Proverbs are and what they do for you. Okay? It says, a proverb is to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. Okay? Increase learning. Okay? And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and the dark sayings. And it says this because it says in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but who's despised wisdom and instruction? My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. So God has given us a foundation in which to lay our characters on, in which to walk in Christ. He has given us proverbs. He has given us songs. He has given us wisdom, understanding. All this stuff that we need to go about in this life and be righteous in everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we um, act upon 
how we act, how we speak, talk, and how we walk with Christ, it's all in the Proverbs and the Psalms. If you just allow yourself to open up to God's word and allow it to manifest in you. Now, I know a, a, a lot of us had our moments in our lives where we put on our track shoes and we ran from God, okay? We've all done it here and there. Like, we, we backtracking, you know, we we doing the old, the old Kung Fu shuffle going the other way when God is trying to call us. But God's word is not a scary word. It's a profound word. It's a corrective word. We as people do not like to be corrected. We do not like to do anything outside of what we call normal. But in reality, everything that we do outside of God is the opposite of normal because God made us in his image. Therefore, the ways of God is the norm. The things that we do here in this flesh, in this world, is the is the stuff that we actually should be running from, not the word of God. Okay? Skipping down, verse 19, chapter 1. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of of the owners thereof. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates in the city, she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools Hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. My wife wanted something to add, so I would let it jump in. No, you know I love this um, this section of Proverbs. is like my favorite part, I think, because they call wisdom sheep. So, um, I think that, well, sometimes when we actually read this and we go to um, verse 20, we go to wisdom, quiet without, she uttereth her voice in the street. I think that sometimes we see that um, in the flesh where we kind of see a person, like, running in the streets after people come out, you know, receive wisdom. But I believe he's, you know, he's uh, on the spiritual end and talking about within us all. All of us have that voice of wisdom or that voice of reason that is inside of us. That when we make decisions, you know, how, um, uh, you know, back in the day, like if you watched Bugs Bunny or things like that, you would have like a one angel on one shoulder and another angel on another shoulder. And one of them's a little, little demon and the other one's a little angel, right? And they're both like trying to get you like, you know, eat the cake, you know, the ones like, don't eat the cake, you know, or whatever, but, you know, it's like that little voice of reason that tries to tell you to be wise in your choice, and um, that's within you, you know, um, it's, that, it's that still small voice that tells you, you know, to um, make the right decision, this is the same um, guidance of the Holy Ghost, 
you know, when the Holy Ghost tries to tell you and everybody knows and, 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 and hears that still small voice that says, don't do this or do that, you know, or things like that. And then sometimes it's like, you know, um, you'll be led or, or you have a kid that tells you to do something and you don't do it and then you realize, man, I should have did it. That's that voice of wisdom. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of reason that's speaking to you. Okay, you have a question? Yeah, and that the uh, spirit and the uh, soul, they tell us the room is dead when you put up the little angel. Uh-huh. Is that what your soul often kind of fight the spirit? Yes. I mean, you know, I'm like, okay, you do this, this, and you don't want to do this, that. Isn't that the battle between the soul and the spirit? Yes, it's, it's yourself battling with what God wants you to do. It's kind of like what Keith was saying earlier when he was saying that, you know, everything of this world, or meaning the things that your flesh desires to do, you know, is the wrong thing to do. And everything that is spiritual is the right thing to do. So if, it, if that can give you a little bit more understanding, it is, the, it is your soul battling and at war with um, the spirit of, of the Lord. So, uh, Kathy had a, a comment, I think. I was, um, when I read this, I, I was a little, um, just, I was a little lost, but just as Keith read um, 20 down, you know, my eyes kept going over to, I thank you guys for my color-coded Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I said, pull out my little thing, and I see that, like, in, in verse, um, let's say 15 through 18, but 18 particularly, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk prettily for their own lives. Um, and in um, 11, it kind of says the same thing, that lurk prettily for the innocent without cause. And I was thinking to myself, who is that? You know, like, like, you know, what are they referring to? And I think that that is the sin, you know, and that goes right there with, with the wisdom. It's either, and what Uncle Brian was saying, you know, that, that, that angel and that other thing that's just there, you know, lurking on our shoulders is what it is. And, you know, that difference between right and wrong, you know, and it's just laying and waiting for us to do wrong, you know, but when we have that wisdom, you know, that, that wisdom is what will help us to make that right choice. So I just got the understanding of that as we were going through but I think actually that those verses that you're speaking about is talking externally because um, if you read the, the next verse before it on 10, it says, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. So if there's like people like friends or family or people that you know, coworkers, whoever, who entice you to do something, don't do it. Like you said, they wait privily. Like, you know, some people know that you're trying, like say if you're on a diet or something, trying to give you guys a good example, like you're telling everybody, I'm on a diet, I'm not going to, you know, do this or that, where they're the first ones to be like, potluck, <laughs> you know, and they come and bring your favorite, you know, they, they entice you by it. I'm trying to give you a good example, but, you know, there's all kinds of different temptations throughout throughout our life, so that, you know, just trying to give you something that you can, you know, um, visualize. But in other words, peer pressure. Peer pressure, exactly. When he's talking in verse 20. So that's today. Yes. Okay. And then when and that's today. Yeah. And then when he's talking in verse 20, that's more internal. That's the um, internal voice that we're talking about. 
um, warring against itself. And wisdom is there. Wisdom is, is there for all of us, but we, but we tend to ignore her. We ignore her cries that says to make the wise choice. And, and that's the Lord that wouldn't be talking. <laughs> Anybody on the call, uh, on the phone that wants to jump in or comment? I want to give everybody a chance. Okay. Well, on to uh, verse, uh, chapter 2. Okay. So, chapter 2, and it reads, verse 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Incline your ear unto wisdom, meaning you got to be open to receive something. You cannot be get wisdom without, you know, allowing yourself to be vulnerable to God's word. You have to be able to know that this word is for you, this word is going to Increase you, not harm you. God's word is not here to harm anyone. We're here harming ourselves, first off. Okay? So, incline your ear to wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. And this verse will ring true in a few more verses because you have to get a, a, a sense of wisdom. Okay? Because it's going to tell you it, it is the principal thing. That wisdom is the principal thing that we need. It is the all in all. It is that voice in your head telling you not to do something. Okay? But by getting it and not having the understanding of anything, you know how you always say, something told me not to do that. Right. Because you don't have an understanding of the wisdom that is actually within you that is trying to tell you mm-hmm. something beforehand. It is literally trying to stop you from doing what you're doing before you even think about it or act upon it. Right. So because we have no understanding of it, we and, and it still is there ringing in our ears, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Yet we make this call, should have went right and we went left, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Where's this? They're trying to stop us but we don't have an understanding of it. And if we did, we will be making those crazy decisions that we make. You know, we wouldn't be cheating on our spouses, uh, cheating on our taxes, you know, robbing, stealing, killing, all this other stuff. Because wisdom, we would have a full understanding of it, and we wouldn't have to worry about being misled by ourselves. Okay. And there's another verse that, again, in chapter 3, will talk about that as well, about being your own uh, self. Okay. Going go to on that verse 22 where he says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? You know, he's literally even telling you that, you know, when people just want to stay simple-minded, they don't want to learn anything. You know, or, you know, some people say, um, Ignorance is bliss, which is the craziest comment that anybody could ever make, you know. And, um, you know, you know, because he says that, you know, people die for lack of knowledge, you know. So it's, you can't go out 
without wisdom and go do things because you're not going to become successful. You're not going to get the victory over things. You're not going to, you know, be stronger in any type of way. He tells you that, you know, that fools hate knowledge. And even as we think about that on on a general note, though, too, is is that it is foolish to want to be, you know, ignorant of things. You will want to want to gain. You want to gain. You want to learn. You want to grow, you know, in the Lord and definitely in in wisdom to know how to deal with things. Because we always, you know, want to know how to do things. And even though today it's so common for people to to, to go out now and go get these, what do they call life coaches? Ah. (laughs) And it's like, you know, some people pay people $25 an hour. And that's like, you know, if if that's the way that you want to do things, that's fine. But God gave you a life coach. <laughs> and this life coach is just free. <laughs> and that, that life coach is called wisdom. And that life coach will give you so much good information and nuggets of wisdom. You know what I mean? Uh, all in itself, wisdom will do its own job if we just stop and listen to her. We don't really have to pay somebody else to be our life coach and lead us through life and show us exactly the way they work. To go, we can just tap on wisdom and say, "Hey, you know, I need a, you know, an answer. You know, help me, show me how to go, give me some vision, you know, of, of what you know uh, I'm going to be." And that's why it is up to us as spiritual leaders as well to lead people to the spirit of God, because that's the most important thing right now. Don't get sidetracked with everything that the world is doing and everything else that, that uh, you know, people try to, you know, bandwagon that people jump on. And really, ultimately, it's just to make money. Don't hate with Yeah, so verse 2, again, so that thou incline thy ear unto thy wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Verse 3 in chapter 2, Nay, if thou criest after knowledge... And lift up your voice for understanding. If thou seek her as silver and search for her as hid treasures, then and only then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. I got a question. He's talking about the fear of the Lord. Exactly what are we saying here? Okay, there's a scripture, and it reads this. Do not fear man, spirit, angel, or anything like that. What you and, and, and it says what you should fear is he who can splice both body, soul, and spirit. God is the one that can take you out of existence. No matter what I do to you, I can come in your house right now and shoot you, kill you, you die. But all I did was take your, uh, allow, I didn't even take, all I did was allow for your soul to depart from the flesh container in which it is in. It is still alive. It is still you. I can't, I can't do anything to you technically, but God 
can take you. People think that, oh, hell is a bad place. God can take you out of existence. And it says it in, in Revelation that you will be remember no more because your name will be taken out of the book of life. And when your name is taken out of the book of life, you are you're done. There is, you know, like he's saying is that there's, you know, you should fear God because God is so omniscient. And and it's not a fear like, oh, it's not that, it's it's knowing who he is. In awe of him. Right. And, That's and, what I'm teaching here. Mm-hmm. Right. Being in awe of him, of, right. of what, of, of he's God. He's, like you said, he's king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He reverence and we honor him as being, you know, right. the, the, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We give him the complete and utter respect due to him. Right. Most people or some people don't even respect the name of God. It's like when you, oh, go ahead. Understanding 
shall keep you. I say again, discretion will preserve you, and understanding shall keep you. May I interject? Yes, please, feel free. The word that comes to mind by the grace of God is, is instead, instead of fear, but fear is 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 phenomenal. It's it's in the Bible, so it is representative. But the word that God puts in my mind is reverence. Yes. When you fear God, it's a it it it, it leaves the element of Reverence. God merits reverence. We stand and applaud for for the for the T D Jasons and the Creflo Dollars when they walk on the platform. People stand and applaud. Yeah. But when the scriptures read, very few people stand, if any at all. Very true. See, there has to be a distinction. When it comes to God and 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 man, period. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you know that it's not fearful physically or mentally of God, but it's a spiritual reverence towards the God whom you deem him to be to you. See, one thing about me, and I'm not, I don't have a monopoly on God, and neither am I an authority on God. However, the thing about me is the faith and the trust I have in the source of power that I have placed my faith and trust in is all-powerful, and at any time, anything possible. So having that in mind, I worship, praise, reverence, and thank God for all things. Fearful, that's, I, I think I heard it el- uh, earlier. It's a matter of, re- it's, it's, it's an example and demonstration of respect. That is the distinguished respectful uh, 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 demonstration in in comparison to what how I would respect my mother and my father or anybody else of authority. My demonstration, hallelujah, of respect towards God is like no other entity towards no other entity or constituent on earth. Now, that's, that's what I get. When you speak of re- in, in regards to being redundant, the fear of the Lord is reverence. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, amen. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. That's a great, great example. Now, like I said, we, we, we're all here to learn from one another. That's why we call it Bible study, <laughs> yeah. not Bible listening. Uh, so... That's a good thing. So, you know, iron shoppers iron here, so we, we appreciate any input. Yeah. Um, great example as well. So. I think um, Kathy had a comment. Go ahead. 
Okay. 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 All right, that's it. That was, that was some that's good stuff there. Yep. All right. We're, we're on pace here. We're, we're, we're doing good tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. What I'm talking about there. All right, so we're moving on to Chapter 3. All right. Now, this is, for me, this this is the meat, meat of it all for me. Mm-hmm. So chapter 3 uh, is one of my favorite uh, proverbs. Uh, it says in verse 1, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Excuse me. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Again, this this is all talking about the things in which we need to better ourselves in this life. We think we think because we come from rags to riches that we 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 got it all made. When 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 our coats are still dirty and filthy, we ain't got we ain't got nothing together. Okay, putting on a clean suit, getting in a clean car, you know, going to your high rise corner office does not make you clean before the sight of God. Okay. If I may, in all in all actuality, those things are, are primarily a setup. <laughs> the have, the have, yeah. That could be that could be a setup because if yeah. you don't, if you're not as God's you stated or implicated, if you are not. In the will of God, in reference to His Word, the Bible says you can cast out, you can heal. In my name, yeah. If you don't have my love in you, see the that His love is. It's natural to do evil for evil. That that's natural. If you step on my uh, on my on my Stacey Adams uh, Pastor Keith. First thing to come to my mind is not going to be hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you, know, you understand? You understand? It's natural for me to look at you and say, man, I, you know, I want to retaliate. That's natural to do evil for evil. It's unnatural to do evil for good. You and um, Sister Summer bring me in out the streets and then I steal from it. That's unnatural in regards to I have to, that's a pre, it takes premeditation, a premeditated thought. You understand? That's unnatural. That's something you have to sit back and ponder and scheme. But it's supernatural. God's love is good for evil. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, that's God's love, see, good for evil. See, so you can do all those things like you say. You can you can dress yourself up. You can adorn yourself. You can you can ride in the best. You can live in the best, and you can have money in your pocket. Over the head, guy, God cursed the people that didn't want to rebuild this temple. If you recall, yeah, He said consider He said consider your way. 
He said, until you gather that which is necessary, and I may be paraphrasing in some regard, and gather the material and come back and repair the temple, I'm going to curse you. And his curse was not to take away. He cursed them. He said, you're going to have, I'm going to allow you to eat. You'll never be full or satisfied. I'm going to allow you to be clothed. You'll never be warm. I'm going to allow you to drink. You'll never be quenched. Thirst will never be quenched. I'm going to even allow you to have money to put in your pocket, but it's going to be as if they had holes in them. You ain't going to have nothing to show for it. They will allow you. You can see people not walking around. That's God. That's why God put it on me earlier in the conversation to say those things can be a curse. Because he allowed these people to eat, drink, be dressed, and have money. But they were cursed. Because in the end, hallelujah, they didn't have nothing to show for. They didn't have nothing to show for. I want to jump in, jump in here. Um, uh, what was shouting out to me and kind of like coinciding with what you were just saying, Brother Willie, is um, um, chapter 3, verse 3, where he said, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. And that's really important right there because when he says forsake thee, he means don't let it like, mislead you because most of the time we think you know we'll live our life like okay well I have God's mercy okay so if I do something I have his mercy I can do that and so forgiveness and, and I'm done mm-hmm. and, and everything's all right so every time you know that we you know do something or whatever um we we, we kind of like play with mercy Right, and then we also know because we have a knowledge of mercy, and then we also have a knowledge of truth. Meaning that if I ask for forgiveness, then you know he said he'll give us forgiveness, right? Or if I, um, you know, if I stumble or whatever in whatever way, I can just ask God to just repent, and then the Lord will forgive me, right? So we know that's a you know that's a spiritual law, so that's a truth, right? So. Because of that, we try to play with things just like children do or try to manipulate, you know, the system because we know that the system will give us a mercy and, and, and you know, and the truth of the matter says that if you do this, then, then I'll give that. Mm-hmm. So meaning that you can't just walk through life just like, you know, Brother Lou was saying, doing, you know, things haphazardly because of the fact that you know or you think you're being wise about it and, you know, playing with the system of it and allowing for, for mercy and truth to forsake you because they won't save you. Mercy and truth is not just going to save you. Right. But it's the wisdom of the word, and that's how we use the word. Right. And, and, I, and I'm going to say it like this. When it comes down to, to, to judgment day and we, that, that last battle is then fought, okay, this is how God works. And I want you to put yourself in this scenario, okay? God is telling us to be everything that we can be in, in his word, to uplift ourselves in his word. Now, some of, them, some of us will say, I think I'm doing just enough to get in. Right. Some of us mm-hmm. will say, I'm not doing enough. What else can I do? Okay. My question is, if you were laying down on the surgery table right now, 
and you had a brain surgeon working on you, would you want the brain surgeon that just did enough and got a C in class, or would you want the brain surgeon that said, what else can I do to get my A and got this A? Yeah. Which one would you want doing brain surgery on you? This is what God is saying to us. Hey, you're still acceptable. Don't get me wrong. Hey, you 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 passed the test, but hey, as we tell our kids, I expect more of you. Right. Because it says here, right here it says, forget not my law. That's it. Now there is a saying that, you know, and yes, Jesus did fulfill the law when he died upon that cross. But however, here's the thing. Scripture tells us one thing, and I'm going to get like one of these little uh, commercials, but wait, there is more. Okay? <laughs> because Scripture tells us that the law is a spiritual thing. Exactly. So, uh, uh, you know, Jesus and the Spirit came to fulfill it. But what we don't understand is his word also tells us to worship in spirit and in truth. So we still have to do some things ourselves, okay? I can come and I can pay your rent for the month, okay? But what about next month? What about the month after that? If you're not getting yourself together, then you're going to fall right back into the same rut in which you were in. So I'm going to say this. You need to prepare yourself. Put on your battle armor. Get ready because the day is coming, and when it comes, it's going to come, as he says, you know, as a thief in the night. And he'd come up on you, and he said his reward is with him. So if he's coming bearing gifts, I won't mind, okay? And I pray that you all will want yours as well. But what I, I can say to this is get in your word. Do things on another level. You find yourself doing the same thing you did last year, God, you might want to try to elevate what you're doing and say, I need to do a little more this year. Revisit yourself on a yearly basis or six months, however, however much you need to do it. Okay? Be your own revival. Revive your spirit. Revive yourself. Revive your, your thirst for God. And say, hey, what, where's my growth? Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Go ahead. Leah? Go ahead. There's a parallel with what you, uh, what God is speaking through you in regards to um, salvation and sanctification. Salvation was given. It's given. It's free. Mm-hmm. Sanctification requires a daily process throughout the day. In order to sanctification is salvation is free, but you have to work on sanctification because sanctification requires 
every breath, every step throughout every God-blessed day to be consecrated. Paul got to the point to where he said he didn't have a Bible, but he said the word I've hidden in my heart, right, that I may not sin against thee. And that was through, that was through applications of faith Amen. and through the experiences of God taking him in and being in there with him and bringing him out. See, one thing I am really stuck on is the fact that the average individual who proclaims to be a Christian still are going to church. They'll tell you the men, I'm going to church. I go to church. Mm-hmm. That to me, once again, not being authority or having a monopoly on God, shows me where there is still, as God through you said, Brother Keith, Pastor Keith, growth is necessary because we are the church. We are yeah. the temples of the Holy Ghost. The Bible reads, God does not dwell in buildings made by man's hand. So if we are still in the mindset of going to church instead of knowing that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost, then you'll start reverencing the body which God has granted you to live out his life in because these are not our lives. No. Not at all. These, these lives belong to God. He's just given us a divine opportunity and privilege to live out a life that he had for somebody to live, but chose you, Pastor Keith, you, uh, uh, Missionary Summer, all of us to live the thing. This is the analogy I, I have, and I'm going to shut up, because you open up a can of worms for me, I can go. <laughs> you can go into your closet and bring out a wardrobe. I should, God told me to share this thing. And you put down your, 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 your shirt, your, your tie, your suit, your hosiery, and your shoes. You can lay them on the bed, place them on the floor. You see that what that's going to look like. All that needs to bring to fruition is a body. Mm-hmm. God goes, hallelujah, to his closet of life. He brings out a life from infancy, from conception. He knows when you're going to bust your head, knows where you're going to need healing. He knows where you're going to need forgiveness. He knows where this is, that's going to be. He already knows because the Bible reads, as I understand, he knows our end before the beginning. Yeah. See, see when you, when you, we walking around and talking about I'm waiting for the Lord to do something, Listen, bro, if I already know how you're going to end before I created your beginning, I know everything in between the end and the beginning. So we're we talking about what God's going to do after the first six days of creation, when he rested in that seventh, he's done everything. The only thing God's going to do is send his son back. But everything else we see now has evolved from those first six days of, of seed sowing. I mean, if you plant a crop, most farmers grow hard crops for six years. Then on the seventh year, they allow the crop to rest. They might grow something a little, a little linear. 
they say, so that the soil will replenish its nutrients. So if God bring out a life and he creates, he said, well, here's a life, I'm going to create Brother Keith to live. And throughout that life, he's going to equip and still bestow in Brother Keith everything to withstand, endure, and overcome every obstacle, sensitiveness, and adverse situation throughout that life. But we're talking about these are our lives. We need mind renewal. We need to not be conformed anymore to the vain tradition traits of standards. We need to step up and step out and realize that right now, there's nothing new to God. It's only new to us. And I think really what it is, though, too, is that we, we become so um, become so desensitized by religion itself that, you know, we believe that if we um, perform a certain um, manual of success, that that's it and that's all. And um, the true relationship of God is missed. And the true um, reverence or, or, or um, a fear of the Lord, like we were saying, is missed. And that's the reason why he's telling you to, to be wise and know that if I actually reverence God, that all of those other things are going to come into play. They're going to come into place. I'm going to have a true relationship with him, and I'm not going to just be, you know, um, you know, this, um, like they say, watered-down Christian, or I'm going to just be, you know, you know, going through the motions, as they say, to try to just be where I can fit in. I'm actually going to um, have a reverence for God, a love for him, you know, an honor for him, and then have a true relationship. And that's what we all should be seeking. And definitely that's what we, um, as uh, spiritual leaders, go out and promote amongst people is to actually have a relationship with God. I know that that's what we're trying to do is definitely build soldiers for the Lord, some people who actually, you know, um, have a relationship with God. That it's not just some temporary love, but it's a, it's a forever and a long time love. Well, the, the, the issue, uh, as, as Brother Willie was speaking on, is, God's is, is, is that the, the church itself today has gotten so commercialized, so right. so uh-huh. so corporate, that now they're telling people when they can be saved and what they need to do to be saved when you've got God's word and his Holy Spirit guiding you to everything you need. So they're they're telling you you gotta do the you know the you know the one, two, three step, you know, in order to for your salvation. You know, then they got all these little classes you need to take, um to take the little tests and, and and to do this and it, you know and, and all this other stuff. Life is full of tests itself. God is already testing us. Why do I need to do a little piece of paper and put some answer down on for you to check off and say, okay, you're approved now. You're you're you 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 found your salvation. Here you go. I don't need my salvation given to me for on a piece of paper from a man or a woman. My salvation comes from the Lord. That's definitely what he says when he when he tells you in that other verse where he tells you, you know, why why do you seek after simplicity? Right. You know, why is it the simple things that you're looking after and, and, and you're not looking after the wisdom, you know, of God? 
it is for us to seek for his wisdom and for the deep things of the Lord. We can't, we definitely cannot, um, we can't play ourselves into thinking that that salvation is 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 um, like a TV show or something. That they, you know, like say for instance, you know, people always look to images, imagery in the world to try to emulate themselves after. And it's like, okay, if I can emulate this, then I can be that. You know, I can be wealthy if I dress this way or if I put this much jewelry on and things like that or whatever. So we're kind of like so, you know, convinced that if we look the part, then we are the part. You know, so it's the same thing in reference to like the, you know, the new members classes and all these different things or whatever that people do to try to commercialize or even um, incorporate the church, I should say, you know, to make it out into a business rather than um, a spiritual place. If I may. Sure. Or have I run out of time? I'm sorry, what did you say? I say, may I or, should, or have I talked too much? Oh, no, no problem. We go, we go until 9, so we got another eight minutes here. I, I'm okay. not. We, we um. I'll give you like two minutes, and then we'll jump into chapter four because we want to make sure we hit that before we go. Thank you. We don't read the Bible, apparently. I'm not not. This is not specific, but I'm speaking in general because over in uh, I believe it's Ephesians two it says we're saved by grace, or is that Ephesians five? We saved by grace through faith is a gift, not by works of man. So why are we sitting around and talking about? What not not right now, not us, but in general. Why is it being said for a better choice of words? What must I do to be saved? Why why are we accepting somebody that's telling us what to do? We have to live in expectation. In brief. I don't believe in uh, the only miracle God can possibly do in this ten year life he's granted me is allow man to conceive and bring forth a child. Otherwise he's done everything. If I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dialysis patient as well as thing. That's why God blessed me to meet it. If God healed me, it wouldn't be a miracle to me. Because the Bible says he's a healer. He, in the Bible, there's illustrations where the lame man uh, walk and blind man see. So predicated on the fact that the Bible, I believe, to be true, it refers to him as Jehovah Rapha, our Lord God, our healer. He has healed. Predicate all three premises. I go to him and petition prayer for healing. When he heals, why is it a miracle? I'm going to him for I believe that he is and I can read that he's done. I'm going for the same thing. So why is it a miracle? It's God being God. If God exercises lordship over nature which he created, of course, he can turn water into pavement for a man to walk on. It's just God being God. We go to him in expectation for what he is, not into this cataclysmic proportional entity in heaven, but we go to him for we know who he is and what we know he can do. I relinquish. I can't wait till next week. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And with that being said, the verse 5 speaks right and, and, and it confirms and supports everything you're saying because it says in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise Amen. thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Mm-hmm. So his word is telling us right there. Our own understanding, whether it be mine, my wife, my father's, my great granddad, or you know, the, the pastor that I, you know, I was under when I was, you know, twenty, it doesn't matter, whoever. I have to lean on God. That's right. And God alone. Amen. Because you know, again, you know the Pastor Keith, he says there are people that are called by my name. Yes. If they would humble themselves, pray, seek my faith, and turn from their wicked ways, I hear from heaven and I heal their land. There's some people that's called by God's name that are mm-hmm. getting still in wickedness. Yep. Well, that's why he says that narrow is the way and few find it. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not as, as broad as we make it out to be sometimes. You know, for like, for instance, when we say, okay, you know, these, these are the steps to salvation. It's not that broad. It, it's very, very narrow. And, and it's few people who actually find that, tr- that real truth, the wisdom of God. So it's like you have to apply yourself. You have to hold yourself accountable for your relationship. You know, this is a true relationship, you know, as um, you know, people that my predecessors have, have said before is is that if you're in a relationship with someone, how do you expect it to grow if you don't spend no time with them? If you don't even talk about them, if you don't talk to them, if you don't learn about them or learn the things that they like or that they dislike, how can your relationship grow? How can you have an actual relationship where there's no communication, no understanding? <laughs> You have to know the person for yourself. You have to know. Amen. Amen. You know, it's it, it, and I, I know I'm I know we are running up on three um, minutes left in in, um, in the uh, the call here. But um, did you have something else that you wanted to add? Okay. Go, go ahead. I wasn't uh, finished with three, but oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go okay. ahead. Go, okay. no, no, go, go, go. I wanted to make sure that we said this. On um, chapter four, verse five, he says, "Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the word of my mouth." He's he's telling you, and he's you know begging with you and pleading with you to get wisdom, to get understanding, and don't forget it. We can go through our days, and and we might even get a revelation from God and from His word. If we continue on in in the frivolities of the day, we'll forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll just drop that whole revelation and it's gone. But if we consistently pray without ceasing, if we seek His face, if we do everything that we need to do for the you know to to get to the Lord, because I even you know can see Him saying here, get wisdom. If I get to the Lord, get up underneath His wings. You know, you know that we are in the days grow more and more evil. It is forever more more important in this day to do this than any other day. We see all these things coming to pass in this world. It's not no more time for play for playtime. It's time now to get wisdom. It's time now to get knowledge and be up under the shadow of the Almighty. 
We can't know. We can't expend our time in the world and playing around with God and playing around with our own soul. It's about getting serious mm-hmm. and about knowing exactly what the time is because we're going to see a lot of different things go on. But he said that he would have a 1,000 fall at your right and 10,000 fall at your left, but none would draw not your dwelling. But that's only if you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Sorry, did you have something else you want to add to that? Anybody else on the phone? No. Want to add in? I know we kind of like bombarded you guys. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I understand what you said a little bit earlier. Like I said, those three three words just kept coming across for me when I read those four chapters. And um, that that pretty much sums it up. Right. Mrs. Kathy, okay? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of good nuggets in here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. This is why I, again, insist, 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 every week. I say, read a proverb, read a song every day. Every day. You don't do nothing else. You don't sleep if you don't eat. Read a proverb and song. It will help you. Trust me. I promise you. It's already written in our hearts. God said his, his command, will, his law will be forever written in our hearts. It's there. Mm-hmm. You just got to bring it forth. You just got to bring it forth, and that's all you got to do. So, that being said, Go ahead and pray out. We'll go ahead and pray out. For me, it was a good study. Um, again, I hope you guys continue to read, continue to get in God's Word. Don't just go to church on Sunday and come home and then that that be the only thing you did all week. Okay? If you, if you hear a message, go back and, and confirm it. You know, some people take the Word of God and they twist it. Mm-hmm. So you might want to go and back and read it for yourself. Okay? So just know that. Always read something for yourself because God gives each and every one of us an interpretation of his word. Amen. For us. Now, everyone who receives the message is going to need to hear that message in that same interpretation. Some people need different interpretations of God's word, and that's why he deals with us on an individual basis. That's right. That's right. Yes. Could you go yeah. to Second John? Come again. First, first John, the second chapter. Quick, please. Just what God's speaking to you right now. First John, second chapter, twenty-four through the twenty-eighth verse. First John, second chapter, right? Right. Which 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 verses? Twenty-four through twenty-eight. When you speak in different interpretations, read that, please. Okay. 14 through, 20, through 28, right? Please. Oh, 23. Okay. 24 through 28. 24 through 28. Okay. 20, you want me to read it now? Please. Okay. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 24 through 28. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have 
heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. That's a powerful word. And this is the promise that he has promised us even eternal life. Verse 26, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abide in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Verse 28, and now, little children, abide in him, that which ye, which ye shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him, at his coming. I know, that's right. Amen. Amen. That is a powerful Amen. word. Thank you for that, uh, brother. I appreciate that. Now, the anointing, that's from abiding in his word, the anointing that you receive. Yes. You would have no need for no man to teach you that because that yes. is for you. From the anointing taught you that. Mm-hmm. That is for you. Like you said, you can read the Bible and your interpretation of the same scripture will be different from mine. That's right. That's the yeah. calculation by abiding in that, which you've heard from the beginning. The Father yeah. and the Son, the anointing that you receive from being, that will teach you from abiding, you will have no need to know man. Can no man teach you that? That's it. <laughs> That's amazing, though, thing that I just wanted to add that to, because we, you know, on, on, on our Bible study, we have certain days where we um, allow all the people um, who, who come to the call to do an individual teaching for themselves, to teach us, you know, um, scripture and verses they've learned, um, doing their own whole Bible study for themselves. And like, like we had said, you know, the last call we had um, Sister Kathy to do it um, for her very first time. And this is what the Lord is promoting. He's like, I want you to know me for yourself. Allow the anointing that is in you to, to be increased, that you can, that the Holy Ghost can teach you. The Holy Ghost is, is, the, is the greatest teacher that we can ever have. And that there comes a time where he says, I don't, he, say, he says, there's a time where um, um, when I need for you to teach, you still need to be taught. We don't want to be those those people who are standing around still needing to be taught. We should be teachers. We should be flowing in the anointing of God so that we can deposit it to somebody else who is in us. And that's the reason why we try to promote for other people to come up, stand up, you know, go forth, allow for the anointing of God to flow through you because that's going to start that love affair, that's going to start that addiction for his word and for his wisdom and for his knowledge. And that's the greatest thing that, that, that we can ever try to push you to, to, to do. And I thank the Lord for that, you know, for that understanding and even the teaching of, of us, you know, um, through our previous, you know, um, ministry where it was like, you know, to push you forward. You know, do your own, you know, study. You know, get in this word and, and, and 
so it is still so good to have that revelation come straight from the tap from God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So if anybody else, anybody else have any more last words before we uh, pray out here? I know I was blessed. <laughs> Likewise myself. Yes. Okay, we'll go ahead and go into prayer then. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Father, for this time, Lord God, of refreshing. We thank you, Lord God, for your word, your understanding, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord God, for your wisdom, Lord God, your knowledge, your power, your mercy, your truth, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord God, for coming and setting down in residence with us, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord God, that we can uh, sharpen each other's iron, Lord God, that even out of the, the tail end, Lord God, of this Bible study, we have come out as pure gold. Thank you, Lord God, for producing in us, Lord God, the great things, Lord God, your word, Lord God, turning over and over again and growing, Lord God, in us. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we will continue to have the spirit of the Lord flow through us, Lord God. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that your everlasting water, Lord God, will continue to flow through our bellies, Lord Father. We pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for those that could not be here tonight. Bless them, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and increase them in knowledge and wisdom. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will cover and keep us, Lord God. Bring healing, Lord God. Bring, Lord God, desire for your word. And, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that we be pleasing unto you. Pray, Lord God, that all of these things, that they shall be done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, thank you all for coming out. We appreciate it. And we may you all have a blessed uh, remainder of the weekend. Weekend to be safe, please. God bless. God bless. God bless. Good night, all.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.